Now, Bruce, let's tap into our next segment of the show. I, I, I'm actually looking forward to uh, talking to uh, this doctor. If you haven't heard from this doctor, <laughs> this doctor is Mr. Uh, Dr. Eric Whitaker, and he is the CEO of Zing Health um, and founder, if I may ask. So you got two titles. I like it in you. Oh, yeah. I like it in you. <laughs> Welcome to WVON. Uh, it's, it's just a great pleasure to be at my home radio station. So I, 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 this is a, uh, a station I listen to, and I was just in studio yesterday morning for an hour on the air. So well, that's love a good thing. Well, well, I hope you're the good doctor. Are you the good doctor? <laughs> uh, my, my, my wife is the good doctor. I, I just uh, follow her lead. <laughs> well, you sound like a smart man. Well, Eric, uh, I know you're going to talk to us today. In fact, uh, I actually uh, joined in on a Zoom that you were on uh, a couple of weeks ago with a kickoff program at 1871 talking about uh, equity as it relates to this whole venture capital area. And you've really got a story to tell, unlike (laughs) unlike maybe anybody else uh, in America, because you know up close and personal – what it's like to get in front of these equity investors and get them to write a check. This is, you know, I'm going to, I might have to put you uh, right, right up there next to Michael Jordan and LeBron because to get a guy to actually write a check is some real goat type activity. And and you can really speak to that because you've been through that more than once. And so I'm glad you're here today because, you know, just before you joined us, we were talking about all of the black VC firms that have sprung up in the last year. You know, our friend uh, Don Thompson, he's got uh, Cleveland Avenue. Uh, these guys, uh, the former mayor of D.C., Adrian Fenty, he just closed a $100 million fund with Mac Venture Capital. Uh, we got Harlem Capital. This got a nice little bit of change that they're putting out here. So, you know, tell us a little bit of background. For those that don't know, a lot of people know you from your, your medical background, but you've been an entrepreneur more than once. And so talk a little bit about, you know, your road to entrepreneurship. Uh, sure. And th- thanks, Bruce. That's very kind. Uh, but, you know, I don't, I, I'm not a goat yet. My, my work is not done. <laughs> yeah. so, you're, so not ready, you're not ready to hang a, up your spurs. If you're not a goat, I, I'm going to give yeah, you the title yeah. of lamb because you've been out here for a while. So yeah. Yeah. as you graduate, you let us know when you're ready for that goat title. Yeah, so, I, you know, I, I don't know if you all are uh, familiar with the history makers. They've been trying to get me to do something for the last 10 years, and I said, my work is not done yet <laughs> for me to talk about it because I'm still <laughs> doing history. But, but you, know, I, you know, I'm a child of the South Side and, um, you know, and, and uh, had uh, practiced as a doctor at Cook County Hospital for about eight years and, and, and became the state health commissioner uh, of the state of Illinois. And, and really, at, as I was at that perch, I began to see a lot of what I saw as inefficiencies in the system and places where I thought that uh, business could make an impact. And I have to tell you, my whole life I've been about service and government and not-for-profits. And so the fact I'm even doing for-profit business is a big surprise to many people who knew me growing up. But, but you know, the thing that's always been the through line has been that I've been entrepreneurial. So even when I was working at Cook County, I started the first black men's clinic in the country in the late 90s. And it was an entrepreneurial endeavor, but it happened to be in government. I, I then went to University of Chicago once I finished as a state health commissioner and ran something called the Urban Health Initiative. And we were trying to create models of urban care that could be 
uh, help fix some of the health problems on the south side, but they could be replicated throughout the country. And, and, and so that was entrepreneurial in the not-for-profit uh, sector. And, and, you know, when I was doing that work, I was trying to raise $100 million of philanthropy to do the work uh, of my team at University of Chicago. And what I found was the black and brown folks understood what we were doing but didn't have money to, to donate. The white folks would not understand. They'd say, this looks interesting. Uh, you know, we're going to go donate $50 million to go save the whales. Like, literally, I've had a conversation like that. And I'm trying to save the lives of black folks on the south side. And I came home to my wife, and I said, baby, I think we're on the wrong side of the table. <laughs> that, that, you know, the people who are making decisions in terms of philanthropy, uh, the people who are making decisions in terms of politics, because at that time Barack Obama was ascending, and I saw the power of money and, and politics and who makes decisions. And I, I said, we need to get on the other side of the table. And we, we've been entrepreneurial. We just haven't been doing it in a for-profit way. And what if we decided to take our entrepreneurial skills and bring our values to the table and go about building some businesses? And so that, that was in uh, roughly about 2012. And since that time, you know, I've, I've been a part of, of three uh, health insurance New Start businesses. Um, and, and the first one, you know, I, I started in 2013 with a partner. We, we uh, uh, built it over three years. Uh, in 2016, I, I sold it. And in that time, we went from a blank sheet of paper to 48 states, 430,000 members. And uh, in, in this is a Medicare Part D pharmaceutical insurance company and $2 billion in revenue. And, and uh, my investors made 15 times their money. Wow. And, and we, we sold the business. And, and, you know, and I learned a lot in that process. But the truth of the matter is, since I was Pope, coming, you know, coming from the not-for-profit sector, and, and a lot of people made 15 times their money, but I didn't have money to put in my own deal. So you had all the expertise, but you didn't have the capital, and so the guys with yeah. the money got the advantage of your expertise, and they did pretty well. Yeah, one, one guy put in a million dollars, took home $15 million uh, over wow. three years, and he, he knew nothing about my business, but he had the capital. <laughs> Wow. So can I ask you this, Dr. Um, Dr. Whitaker? So when you talk about not having capital for yourself, uh, how do you overcome that? Because what you're talking about is the challenges that many black folks face. Bruce and I were just talking about that. We're just simply buying a home, let alone uh, stepping out for capital and, and business acumen and things of that nature. So how did you overcome that? Well, you know, it was a challenge because, you know, we don't talk about money uh, enough, I believe, in our in our homes and 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 the like. And you know, I, I, I literally, uh, Cleopatra, would have to stand inside the mirror, uh, say, look in the mirror, and remember, I said I was trying to raise a hundred million dollars. That's right. I, have to say, I used to say that, and I have to learn how to say it without laughing. Say it with <laughs> a straight I said, face. I hundred million dollars. That's right. And then I'd be like, no, no, for real though. <laughs> I need a hundred million dollars. So you were ministering so, to yourself, huh? I had to, uh, you know, because it, it was unfamiliar territory. And, and what I'll say in terms of the capital uh, piece of it, you know, I was I was fortunate that, you know, one of the things, too, I'm, I'm old now. I'm, I'm 55 years old. Oh, that's and old? I like, I'm, 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 you know, when I, I hope my young, auntie not young, listening. Young <laughs> 55 yeah, is the new 35, Eric. 55 is the new 35. Bruce, your mathematics <laughs> is funny, but I'm going to let y'all have that yeah. one. <laughs> 
But, but, but you know, the, the thing is, is I have a lifetime of relationships with people. And, and so I was, it, it, I, it, I was fortunate that I was able to put together a deal um, with, without having any money. And, and so after that deal, I actually had some capital that I could invest in, in myself and, and in my, you know, and, and different things. And, and doctor, I, I asked you to pause because you were talking about essentially cashing in on your social capital. You tapped your network yes. and you realized, you know, what was the equivalence. And Bruce and I were talking off air and, you know, my light bulb just came on recently with that. You know, you know, all of these people, what do you do? How do you figure out how you can make alignments? And you figured it out. So educate us on the steps that you took when you cashed in on your social capital. Well, I mean, you know, I, I was joking, but being 55, uh, you know, I've, I've, um, have created a network, you know, from the time I was in medical school. Uh, you know, I became national president of the white medical student organization for the country. So it has 55,000 members, and I was ahead of it. <laughs> and, and so they basically paid me for a year to meet people. And so the folks I met at that time now run foundations and run health systems. They're at the head of health plans. That, you know, so they're everywhere. And, and, and at, after that experience, I've been very intentional in terms of joining networks that I believe that I could add value to and they can add value to me. So, so that, that's, uh, you know, that, that's been critical to, to, you know, being able to, even now as I build my business, I may not be able to, to get into a certain hospital to get a contract, but I, you know what? I, can, I called the, the CEO of the American Hospital Association, who I've known for 30 years, and said, hey, I need your help to get me into this hospital. So the social capital is critical, and oftentimes we, we aren't as intentional about building that as we should be. Well, I'm so happy you use that word intentional because it is not the size of the network. It is the focus of the network and the deep yes. relationships that you have. Like you just said, I knew the CEO of the American Hospital. So, so you have to choose wisely early on who you decide to invest your time with creating a relationship with. And so now that you've made that transition from the nonprofit and institutional institution role to, uh, to tell us what do you see is some of the main differences and key skills that are required to be successful in the realm of entrepreneurship in the private sector. What what's different, what's the same, and what are the skills that most do you see is needed in order to advance your trajectory and get to the next level of success? Well, well you know, I, I find it key to build uh, great teams and, and, you know, and, I, I can tell you most – I have a better team than I deserve at Zingo. <laughs> okay. And, 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 and it really is the, the, the people have bought in the vision that I was selling them. And, and I, you know, I say – and I, when I tell people that, they think I'm joking. You know, I, I got an A player in every spot that, that's doing key work for me right now. Right on. And, and, and that, 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 that makes, makes it helpful. Um, you know, we, we talked about the social network. The other thing is, you know, the ability to, to – you know, not be afraid to pick up the phone and call people or email them or whatever. Uh, you know, but you have to be mindful that a lot of the people you might reach out to are busy and so can't accommodate. I, I know I can't accommodate all the requests of me, but and that's that's tr- typically true of a lot of the people that you might talk to. You, you, you know, one of the things that I also do, Bruce, is I've I, I, for you know, probably 20 years have read business biographies 
And, and there's things that I pick up from even just reading how people have done things. Like my, one of my favorite books that I read every year is Why Do White Guys Have All the Fun? Yeah, that's Ted's favorite book. By Reginald Lewis. That's right. And, and you know, and I, you know, and I, I've failed at a lot of attempts to do things. And one of the things he talks about is that I'm just not ready yet. I have to, you know, keep keep at it, but realize there's something else I need to add to the arsenal so I can be successful. And so, uh, you know, I, and and then there's just uh, basic, you know, business skills that you can uh, you, you need to have just to be credible and to to do the work. You know, from understanding the spreadsheet um, and, and capital raising. It certainly has become uh, something that's been important that that I've gotten quite good at. So now, uh, now let's that, let's let's, know, let's they, dive let's yeah. dive into that because everybody hears this term venture capital, and most people don't have a clue what that actually means. They they may have looked at Shark Tank two or three times, uh, you know, on on ABC, but that still is in no way close to what the reality of venture capital is all about. I know we don't have a lot of time left, but talk about. Yeah. Uh, what does it really take in order to close a VC transaction? What are the checklists that they're looking for? I, I know we really probably need to spend a lot more time than that, but if you could just kind of sum it up a little bit, I think you already men- mentioned one that they want to know you have a team that can execute. You know, they're looking That's at right. who you have on deck that they say, okay, if I give you this money, how are you going to put it to work and how are you going to execute? But talk about some of the other things that you think have allowed you to get more, get, get some yeses along with the no's that you've received. Well, well, you, you, you mentioned something earlier, being focused. Uh, you, you know, you need to understand every venture firm you talk to, what, what is their domain that they invest in? You, you know, I wouldn't go to Don Thompson, who invests in food and food technology, and talk to him about a, a healthcare insurance company. <laughs> so you, you need to do some homework, and, and people will appreciate that you know what they do. Uh, the, the other thing that, um, that, that often, you know, I, I ended up, um, it, I, have four, I have four different venture capital firms invested in, in, um, in Zing Health. And one of them that, that has been pivotal is a, a firm called Capor Capital. And, and oh, yeah, Mitch Kapoor of, and his wife, yes. Yeah, yeah. They, they, unlike a lot of people, don't require what's called a warm introduction into the, the firm. And, and, and this is one of the ways we get locked out because we don't have the network. So you need to have somebody introduce and say, hey, uh, this Bruce guy is a pretty good dude. You should take his call. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but the thing that's nice about Kapoor is that they, 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 you can go to their website and pull down something, write, write it up, and they'll give you some feedback and try and tell you where you went right or went wrong. And, and even my, my relationship with the K-Corps, is they invested $750,000 in Zane. Right on. It was all it was serendipity where I was sitting at a table at a fundraiser, and I didn't even want to sit with them. And we started talking about, um, you know, uh, pipeline programs for minorities. And okay. And, I, and I'm a product of one of those programs. And, and I, I told them my story. And, and then uh, they said they had been trying to bring that program to sh- Chicago and Illinois for five years. And I said, hey, I can do that. <laughs> and, and within uh, um, a year, I, you know, probably I met, when I met with them six months later, and within a year, we have that program up and running now at SIU okay. and IIT. Wait. That built credibility with them. With them, And so when I came back and said, I have a company, they, they said, we're in. You know, we know this dude does what he says. Pay it <laughs> so, forward. So, so, yeah, so, so it ended up, that ended up being it. 
a critical, important thing. You know, I gave before I got. Dr. Eric Whitaker, you're talking about just, for real, you talked about overcoming the challenges of getting into these spaces when we're talking about venture capital and opportunities and just the many hats that you wear. Because you said in, in making history, you're not done yet. I remember that part. So let's go over it. I'm not done. Let's go over some of the things that he's already shared. He said, number one, you have to be intentional about how you network. And, you know, and you've got to, in some ways, pay it forward. You've got to do some things for people before you can turn around and ask them to do some things for you. So it's just being a good judge of people who you invest your time with. Uh, people that you think have a good mission and a good vision. And you can learn as much as you can grow by supporting some things that they're doing. So when time comes yeah. for them, to, they say, well, you know, what are you into? Now you get to share what you're into and some people are willing to talk to you. He also said that it's about the team. It's not just about the all-star and the one person with their name uh, up in lights. It's, it's having maybe even better people on the team uh, that, that allow you to execute at a very high level. And that's a lot of what to do. And the other thing he said is do your homework. Before you go pitch somebody, know who you're pitching and what their appetite is. You know, don't go try selling a guy, you know, a chocolate chip who prefers, uh, you know, butter pecan. You know, find out what their flavor is. Find out what they're like. And so uh, the the VCs are definitely going to do due diligence on you, so you need to do some due diligence on them. You know, the other thing I would add, and you you did a great job summarizing it, uh, you know, I, you know, one of the things I did as a tactic was that I borrowed other people's credibility until I could build my own. <laughs> okay. And so, so, and, and by, what that, that, you know, one of the co-founders of my company is an uh, incubator out in Silicon Valley called Health 2047 that's wholly owned by the American Medical Association. Okay. And, and the AMA is like the, the most powerful health policy force and policy and politics in the country. That's one of my founders. And and, it, and and as I look down the list of, of the VC firms I have, I hadn't really done this before. It all comes back down to relationships. So the the you know with with uh, the American Medical Association, the the CEO of that was my former boss at the University of Chicago, uh, and, and uh, he, he created Health Twenty Forty Seven. I talked about Kport Capital, who I just met incidentally, <clears throat> Village Global VC. The person who who ended up investing a half million dollars in me in my company from there uh, we used to work at Tapor. Okay. Uh, Acumen, which is another impact investment firm, I actually uh, pitched to a college friend of mine who was a year behind me, and he and his wife have a Silicon Valley VC, and they said, "You know what? I, I, this doesn't fit, fit for us, or you're not going to make us enough money that we don't think." But, <laughs> but we know this other other group that I'm on the the board of. Acumen, this fits totally in with them. Acumen came in for a half million dollars. And then uh, Life Force uh, Capital is the last one. And this is a, a friend of mine. He's a brother. We were on Martha's Vineyard, and he heard the story. And he said, I know somebody who should be in your company. So every single one of these was from a personal relationship that, that someone uh, one led to the other. But it all started with my boss from University of Chicago, uh, where I did what I would say I would do and I made him look good as the dean of the medical school. <laughs> so um, all, all relationships. Well, so, don't burn any bridges. Uh, yeah. uh, do, 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 do your best always. Uh, treat people the way you would like to be treated. And, and also 
ha- have a memory, you know, uh, send people a, hey, how you doing, birthday card. Uh, you know, really yeah. do some things that just show your – because people ultimately do business with people they enjoy doing business with. It is a choice. And if you have a choice, right. why not work with people you really don't mind being around? Well, you know what, Dr. Whitaker, I heard you mention a book that um, – uh, Attorney Ted London reads quite often as well. What tips do you want to leave us with as you uh, continue to make history and go along your uh, ventures um, and expand your wingspan? Well, about that book or in general? In general. So I remember the book, uh, Why Do White Guys Have All the Fun? I'm actually thumbing through it myself. (laughs) And uh, just overall. Well, you you know, I I mean, I would, uh, particularly if if you're young and you're, you're starting, you know, Find a community that that might be at, at, um, at Matter. You know, I'm on the board of Matter, which does health tech stuff, or 1871, or, you know, it might be some, some P33 events. Be out and be engaged and, and get to know people. And, and, and you know, as we're talking, relationships matter. Uh, and, and, and also, you know, the other intentional thing I would add to the list uh, would be, you know, be intentional about how you conduct business. You know, be on time. <laughs> uh, you know, again, deliver what you say you can deliver. And, and, you know, in terms of how we build Zing Health, I was intentional that, I, you know, it was two black men who started the company. I wanted to create wealth with my seed investors. So 30% of our seed capital, $3 million, was black folks. Okay. Uh, I'm intentional about our staff. Uh, we have 55 people right now, and, and 80% of those are black folks. Uh, my vendors, in terms of uh, marketing, and I got three African American women firms. My lawyer is a black lawyer. I, I'm I'm very intentional, and when when uh, the investor to put in 150 million dollars uh, talked to me, I said, "You just need to know this is how I'm going to conduct business. Are you okay with that? Because uh, that's how we roll." <laughs> and and he he said, "You know, he came into the first meeting, and it was all black people. <laughs> uh, we 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 had four hours of meetings, and he, we came back to my office, and I said." You know, I'm gonna do some affirmative action, and, and I might hire some white folks. <laughs> and, and he started he, he he started laughing. He said, "Look, if you can get as much t- uh, talent as you have in that room there, everybody can be black, as far as I'm concerned." All right, all right. I said, I said you you just said a word. Okay. Well, you know what, uh, Doctor Whitaker. We want to thank you yep. for coming on with us. Uh, definitely, I want to keep up with some of your uh, uh, next endeavors. So we'll definitely ask for you to come back and join us. I uh, would love to. And I love what you all are doing. So keep keep doing it. Well, Absolutely. We, we love Take you. Care. You're a great friend of WVON.